Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Questions and, and determine depending on what you mean. And so that's what defensive is. And so I think my first year, I had more balance. And the big questions are going to ask. All right, so we'll get back to this. Let me just pull up a, a Word document so we can get through the questions. And it looks like there's a lot of questions today, so that's good. Um, I always love answering these questions. And people actually, by the way, if you have a question and you don't think it's a good question, it probably is a good question, or you're embarrassed to ask the question. So one of the things also about questions, and let me just pull up the things I can show the screen, is that, sorry about that. Okay, so this is, we're doing questions. It looks like there's a lot of good questions this week and a lot of questions. One of the things I wanted to ask, say as well is if you're signed into Zoom and it, you have an account and you think it's showing your name, no, no one, I always make sure that that I don't show people's names. So everything is uh, 100% confidential and you can pretty much ask questions about uh, anything to do with your career. I have found that a lot of times the pe questions people are most embarrassed about or they think are uh, the least important are the best questions. So uh, you may have questions and be practicing for 30 years. You may have questions and been practicing for five years. You may be a law student. You may be a new attorney without a job. Whatever your uh, situation, the questions that you have are going to be very beneficial to people that are here, regardless, or people that look at the answers to this in the future. So I encourage everyone to ask uh, good questions and, and determine depending on what you're, what you're interested in. I will go through these randomly, but again, I will talk about uh, each of them. And I do think that this was just a very good topic uh, this week. Never done this particular uh, presentation. I hope everyone has learned a lot so far. Okay, so this question is, if an attorney loses their job that had due to a supervisor who had it out for them and a switch flip, how can the attorney present themselves and explain the situation in interviews, particularly for younger mid-level attorneys? Okay, so the first thing is everyone on this webinar should understand something, and this is very important. Most attorneys lose their job, jobs at some point or multiple times. So I want everyone to understand that. Regardless of how good of an attorney you think you are, you will lose your job. If you are at a super prestigious firm and you graduated order the COIF from a top 10 law school, and thank you how you will probably be told, not all of them, and it's actually much fewer these days, but you may be told that you're done and therefore need to find a new job when you don't make partners because you, the firm doesn't make partners, whatever. Or you may lose your job because you make a mistake at some point uh, in your career, you may lose your job. So everyone uh, will lose their job. So just be aware of that. Now, it doesn't mean you always will. If you study the kind of stuff that I talk about and write, and other people do too, I'm not saying I'm the only person that does this, but any if you study law firms and if you study what it means to keep jobs and what you need to do, and I think I have a lot of information about that can help you, but if you study that sort of information, you will uh, become uh, more successful. Just as if you study finance and you learn everything you can about how to I don't know, trade copper or something, you'll become better than people that don't. So everything is about learning how to make good decisions and, uh, and, and doing that in the right way. There's an interesting book, by the way, called Nudge by some University of Chicago and I don't know, some other people, but anyway, it doesn't matter, but that you make decisions based on the information you have. So when you're buying stocks, some people will have much better information than you have. 
and they're going to do better than people that you get the idea or someone that knows everything that's played tennis for 20 years will know a lot more than someone who's new and have an advantage. So this kind of information will help you. But let me just get back to the point. Most attorneys lose their jobs in multiple points in time. So one of the things that's very important, and this is something that this point alone will could change the course of your career and what you do and how you succeed. When you are when you are interviewing with firms, you are you are at you are you are basically oh god. When you're interviewing with firms, you're basically uh, when you're interviewing with firms, what you're basically doing is you are your own client. So imagine if you were representing a murderer and you went into and you went into court and you said, oh, this person, this is not a good person. They've done this in the past and uh, they've made these mistakes. And that's not what attorneys respect. So there's something uh, in the legal profession and basically the DNA of the legal profession that says when you go into uh, employers, you want to make sure that you are representing yourself and you're doing so in a way that the client would expect. So do you talk about losing your job? No, you don't. Um, do you talk about uh, a bad supervisor? No, you don't. So what do you do? You have to basically come across as a person you say they didn't have enough work. They The, the firm uh, uh, was having uh, problems or something that related to my practice area, that whatever it is, you have to bring it up. And or worse comes to worse, you just say something along the lines of it, it, it may not have been a good fit or whatever, but you try to bring that up. Uh, one thing I would say too that's interesting is when attorneys are looking for jobs in other parts of the country based on instead of where they're at, maybe they're moving to the where they grew up or something, law firms like that and tend to give more interviews and hot and make more hires for a lot of reasons, but one is because they don't have that kind of suspicion in the background. So what I just recommend is if this stuff happens to you, just keep applying to firms. Most of the time, if someone needs you, they're not going to ask a lot of questions. If you're trying to get a job at a peer firm, it's going to be harder than if you're trying to get a job at a lower rank firm uh, in terms of prestige levels, but you just need to be very careful in what you say. You don't want to explain the situation. You basically want to give the impression that the work wasn't there, that they didn't have work for junior associates or mid-levels, that something that, and there's a lot of explanations you can give for not having a job there anymore, but they need to be accurate. And, but that's about it. Or maybe you don't want to practice a certain type of law and you want to do something new. I don't know, but you have to be very careful uh, about that question. And I hope that's a good answer. But the idea is you have to think on your feet as any attorney would do and represent yourself effectively. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? 
Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Okay, when it comes to hearing defensive, are there any subtle signs or body language cues that the interviewer should be aware of? How can candidates become aware, self-aware and avoid potentially coming across as defensive? The idea is if you ask a question about something, being defensive means that you're almost like angry with a person for asking the question, that you, that you, your face frowns along those lines. So I'll just tell you a quick question I w- or a quick thing that happened to me. I was interviewing this girl not too long ago, or a couple of years ago, to be a personal assistant. She had this kind of gap on her resume that was, and the interview was going great. She was selling herself. She was just on fire. And, and anyway, so she was asked something about, she had this gap on her resume and I asked her about it and the whole, her whole demeanor changed. She, she frowned, she became just upset and she grimaced at me. And so that's what defensive is. And so that particular person got mad about something. So you should be prepared for anything negative, uh, you know, that, uh, comes across. There's a Pink Floyd song where they say uh, exposing every weakness, no matter how carefully hidden or something. And that's what uh, attorneys do. And they're attorneys. Their job is to pull up this sort of information. So you need to look at that and be be careful that whatever they say, you can come across with um, a good answer and be aware of anything that comes up. And so the second you're defensive, that creates problems. So people become defensive about a lot of things. So your job is to get a job. Sometimes people will be asked questions that are inappropriate, like about marriage or children or different things that just shouldn't be asked about whatever. And then they become defensive. If an employer does that, that's not, you don't have to go work there. But if you want to, if you want to work there, and you need to be very careful about how you react to that. Because if you say to someone, I'm not comfortable with this, I'm not, that's going to hurt you and you're not going to get the position. So people will do things that are inappropriate. People will ask you questions about things that are weaknesses in your resume. They'll ask you if you don't have a grade point, they'll ask you about your grades. If you don't have, you know, if you have a gap in your resume, they'll ask you about that. If you, if you, are, if you're, I don't know, appear like you, anything that you can think of, they will ask you about. So you need to be very careful. And anytime you're asked those questions, uh, you want to make sure that you're aware that you could be asked them and just rehearse answers that you can think of that are positive in your background. And so the, the final thing I just want to say, and, and I heart, apologize for spending more time, so much time on this question, but the most important thing uh, that you have to understand is that anytime a, an attorney is asked something by a judge in an oral argument, the attorney needs to turn it around and be make it look like whatever this negative answer or negative aspect of their case is that it's actually a positive. This is the most basic thing that attorneys do. It's what you learn when you're in moot court. It's what you learn when uh, you're doing briefs and things as your first year for legal writing or whatever and arguing. So this is the number one uh, requirement of an attorney that you learn very early is to take any negative statement and uh, anything that's questioned that's negative and turn it into a positive or give a really good answer that makes the person like you and believe in it or uh, empathize with you. So this is what attorneys do. And uh, your inability to do that will create issues. And so a lot of these things like attorneys forget, like you learn this stuff when you're in law school, 
uh, but then you forget about it and stop doing it when you're interviewing or practicing. Okay, some candidates may feel the need to devolve extensive personal hardships or challenges faced during interviews. Can you provide guidance and striking the right balance between sharing relevant information, resilience, and avoiding oversharing to the point it could do potential flesh? Okay, so here's the deal. So you have two people that you're choosing from. You have someone with with all sorts of maybe with I don't know someone who is a what's convicted of a crime or a drug use it, drug drug issues whatever etc someone with no issues so what would you do if you were choosing between those two come on if an employer has a choice who are they going to choose it may show resilience and resilience is a good thing but people become defined by anchors by things that that they say and people will see them in that way. It's up to you if you want to portray the stuff. Sometimes people, you'll talk about someone, I don't know, just, again, I'm not trying to be prejudiced here. I'm not trying to judge people from these backgrounds, but I'm just telling you, you have to consider what you would think if you were an employer. So uh, I don't know. You have to think about that. Now, certain people I've seen will say, I'm a cancer survivor, I'm this, I'm that. And it's very positive to, to, to have those things uh, in their background. But the people that put that down, I just want you to understand, if someone has, I, I know a woman that has her own practice who's very successful. She says on the site that she's a cancer survivor when they talk about her amazing background. That's great. I know, but you don't see, let me just be clear here. When an attorney, if you go to a big firm website, and you and you look at the attorneys, and I, I just want you to think about this way, because this is actually very important. If you look at the backgrounds and the bios of all the attorneys, pretty much any big firm, they're not going to say something like, this person overcame a horrible heroin or Oxycontin addiction, I'm a proud survivor, or this person is a cancer survivor, and, and this person is successfully living with Parkinson's disease. This is not what firms do on the bios of their websites. They don't. So I don't know why they don't. Do they think that, um, and again, I'm not trying to be prejudiced here. I'm just telling you to look at what's out there. Did, why don't they do that? Why don't they want their clients to see that? Why? Well, I don't know. Again, or maybe that's just something that is inappropriate to talk about to a potential client. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Is a, is a client going to judge uh, an attorney differently if they learn that they overcame a Vicodin addiction? I don't know. Again, that's not my concern, but you need to look at uh, what the real world says. And again, the law firm, so just think about it this way. The law firm uh, is your client. So the, the law firm is your client. You need to do things that uh, that attorneys would do to impress their clients. Is it okay for an attorney to go in and tell a client uh, that they've overcome a 10-year addiction to crystal meth? I don't know. You have. I'm not going to be a judge there, but you certainly don't see people doing that on law firm websites. So the law firm is your client. When you're an associate, when you are an associate, you are associate the the law firm, the law firm or the partners are all your client. They have work, and you do it for them. And if you impress them. Uh, learn how to do that, you do well. So partners are your clients. So all these things are, are really important to understand. You have to act like that. So if you want to talk about this stuff, think about, is this something that a, a law firm would 
uh, put under the bio of their uh, attorneys. I don't know. Maybe that'll help you. But you need to be very careful. I think it's very impressive when people overcome this stuff. I'm personally very impressed by it a lot of times. And, and I identify with it because I've had, for example, parents that have had someone, my stepfather died of cancer, my my mother, alcoholism, just all these things. So I, I identify with it. But again, do you want that in your attorney if you were hiring your attorney? Would that be something if someone that was trying to get your business... Would that impress you? And you have to, take it, to think about it that way. And I'm not trying to be harsh and I'm not trying to say law firms are bad places, but I'm trying to say that not all the stuff can potentially harm you. Okay, and working with recruiters who reach out through LinkedIn unsolicited a bad idea. What are the consequences of working with recruiters little about? Okay, so I personally, if you know me and you're, I've never reached out to you on LinkedIn, it's like anything, like the people that are, the best at something aren't necessarily doing that. This is something that recruiters use now all the time. They contact people on LinkedIn, preferably because they don't have the wrong candidates. So let me tell you a little bit about that. It's anytime a recruiter is reaching out to you about a law firm job, it's probably most of the time it's at a huge law firm that, you know, it, but the, the, if you, it, it's like anything. And again, I'm not being critical of the industry and it being critical of anything. But if you are a someone that wants to be a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch, you will start there with no business and you will be expected to cold call people to your friends from high school and college and whatever. And then your relatives of your uh, parents, uh, uh, your friends of your parents, uh, people that may be part of your parents' country club. This is what a new a new financial advisor does. So uh, they do that because uh, no one otherwise is going to do business with them because they don't have their own clients. And so a new financial advisor, that's what they do. They they cold call and try to find people. But the, the problem is they don't even know what they're doing yet, right? So they don't know what they're doing. So because they don't know what they're doing, that they have to get clients like that. And then not only that, but they need to they need to need to learn what they're doing. So what happens in this situation? Most people quit because they can't get clients. So most people quit. Then the ones that stay with it, um, some become very good. And some become very good. So what is what does that mean? That means that they have plenty of business, and and they've learned how to how to succeed in the profession and they don't cold call anymore. Do you think someone that is the head of a giant hedge fund or something is cold calling people looking for business? They've got more people than they have all these bars and things to enter. In my case, you know, no, I don't cold call or message people uh, through LinkedIn uh, because I have, because I've been doing this for so long. I know what I'm doing. Not only that, but just to tell you how sophisticated this business is, there's over 300 practice areas. There's We work with over 10,000 law firms and it's just insane. Like how, when you have a lot more experience, how it can make a difference. So if someone's reaching out for you to LinkedIn, that means they're probably not, they're getting established. They don't necessarily know what they're doing yet, or they may just, that may be what they're doing. And then, and then they're new. So the, the problem with that is, and I'm not saying Sometimes a very experienced recruiter may reach out to you to be the general counsel of a company if you're a partner. I mean, I'm not saying that it's always bad, 
But the problem is people need to learn what they're doing a lot of times. There's all these things you need to say to law firms to get them interested and not uh, do things. There's all these, there's just a lot to the business and and you have to, there's a lot you need to understand. So is it a bad idea? Typically what happens, and I'll just tell you how most recruiters work. We don't work this way because we've got, anyway, it's, I'm not going to talk about myself, but people will subscribe to services that, and there's only one or two services that 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 give them that give them access to to list of attorneys and big firms and and then also give them access to big firm jobs when they come out and when they come out sometimes they come out the law firm posts a job on their website and boom the the service will email uh, recruiters in big cities like New York all of a sudden you'll be inundated with LinkedIn and uh, calls and things and so those so that's, and then people will just try to get your resume and hope. So that's how uh, it works. So if you're getting a call like that, is it a bad idea? They're talking you into applying for the job. Maybe they're that sort of thing. So is it, if that's what you want, that's perfectly fine. Uh, but most of the times the recruiters on LinkedIn are going to only have a few jobs. Uh, so if you go to BCG and I'm again, I don't want to brag here, but typically there's 3000 jobs. Uh, that we have, there's, um, there's. I'm just telling you, uh, other big recruiting firms may have similar resources. Um, all we do are law firm placements. Uh, and again, I'm not uh, trying to brag here. I'm just placements, all we've ever done. We have 10,000 law firms we work with. We have history. And again, I'm just I'm trying to show you what it looks like when you look deep in something, the history. So we know where every person's ever interviewed, where, you know, tens of thousands or tens of thousands of people, uh, you know, have interviewed. So interviewed, uh, we have every job that a law firm has ever had in the past and future. So we have things that every job, and again, I don't want to talk too much about this. I'm going to move on because this is not a BCG, but every firm that's ever, every job a firm ever had. So the point is that there's nothing necessarily wrong with if a recruiter wants to tell you about a big firm that everyone knows has a job if they go to their website and tries to work with you for it. But if you, and, and they can throw your resume in the pie and we'll see what happens. But the point is, is that this business, like any business, the longer someone does it, the more uh, sophisticated they become, the more people they know, the the more, more light, the more they know how to do it, the more established they are. So again, Everyone starts somewhere. It doesn't mean that's a bad thing. And every very successful person when they're younger often is much hungrier. So it, it's not, so there's pluses and minuses, but I think um, that should be enough to answer a question. Again, without saying anything negative about new recruiters, because I certainly was one at one time, that's how things work. But what I don't like about just reaching out to people is that they should have a lot of satisfied clients. If they've made a lot of placements, then they, then it's all they can do to keep up with those placements, trying to go to new firms and new firms like that should be, they should have nothing but doing that. So even after I was doing it for two years, like I think my first year, I had more work than I could handle just from people that I'd placed or referrals from the people that I placed right away, actually within six months. So I, cause I was good at it and I understood it. So it's just, that's how, it works. So someone that's reaching out on LinkedIn, you don't know. And there's, I hope that answers your question. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. 
Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Uh, I think it'd be more, but, and just one final thing, I hate to keep harping on this. If I was a, if I was someone um, reaching out to candidates on LinkedIn, and that's how I spent my time, I think my time would be much better spent trying to look for jobs for my existing candidates and, and place them than just sending people to one firm and hoping something great happens. It's just my opinion. And some other firms that came out on this list. Okay, how do I find do a lot? I find I do a lot better in interviews when I have a sense of what questions will be asked to me. Is there a standard set of law firm interview questions that a person can prepare to look over in interviews? So yeah, there are if you search BCG, BCG, then then you can find them. There's articles about them. I don't know. I know articles I've written. There's, there's other things, but typically they're going to be about just experience. They'll be about your things you like. They'll be about, there's just a bunch of things that could possibly be asked. Would look at that, uh, but there's, there's, yeah, there's, but you need to be prepared for anything. So you need to understand your background. You need to understand your, sometimes they'll ask you about your interest outside of work and, and that sort of thing. I hope that helps. But I would look up uh, BCG, like the standard questions, because there's so many of them and, and those can, you can probably, that would be helpful. Okay, so let me see. Can you provide some guidance on maintaining a positive and composed demeanor when faced with challenging interviews or stressful situations? How can job seekers handle, effectively handle interviews who may, be intention, may intentionally try to throw them off balance? The first thing is if someone's trying to throw you off balance, um, I don't really see the point of trying to work there. Th these kind of questions, uh, by the way, are very common uh, when MBAs and things are trying to get jobs in, in, in investment banks that have their choice of thousands of hungry people that could work there, big jobs in investment banks where people can hedge funds and things. It's very common uh, that people do that. But law firms typically, in my experience, won't try to throw uh, people too much off balance. The law firm, you just have to understand when you're going in for an interview with a law firm, the law firm is actually trying to find someone that they're losing money. They they have work that's not getting done. They're losing thousands of dollars a day. They need someone to do the work. The partners are doing work and that uh, they don't want to be doing. So if you're asked those questions, which is rare, uh, you need to be able to uh, prepare. Uh, you need to be able to have a good response. So most of the stressful questions are going to be regard related to losing jobs, things in your resume, why you're looking for a new position, why things along those guys, why you've had so many jobs. That's another big one. Like, why did you move three times from two years or whatever? Those kind of things. So you need to be prepared uh, for answers and you need to have good answers when you're asked those sort of questions. But just remember, by the time an by the time a law firm brings you in uh, for an interview, firm brings you in for an interview, an interview, they they want to hire you. They want to hire you because they're losing money by not having someone in your role or having work, just having or having to do having work that's not getting done or whatever. So that so they 
So you, most of the time, a law firm is not going to try to throw you off balance. And But the big questions they're going to ask that are going to be related is the big one they always ask. And actually, this is an answer for the previous person that asked the, the, the questions are asked. Almost always, why are you looking? So that's the biggest one you're going to be asked. Why are you looking? Or why aren't you currently working? So those are the biggest questions that, um, why are you not currently working? So those are the biggest questions that can be asked. And so you need to prepare for those. Other things, why so many jobs? Why did you move? That sort of thing. And those are the biggest questions you need to prepare for. And if you are prepared for those questions, the answer that you want to give is going to be more related to making sure you're looking like positive and you're looking like you're moving up and instead of down. So let me just hear. Okay. Okay. So this is another thing here. Why, why do they ask where we are interviewing? I had a firm ask them, want me to know if the other firm makes me an offer. Here's a point that's actually very interesting. You are always uh, much more attractive, attractive when, when other people are competing for you or you with interviews or offers. So what it's interesting, and I shouldn't even talk about this, but I will. When BCG candidates have offers or are getting interviews, if we tell a law firm that this person's getting other interviews and has other offers, but they really like you or whatever, all of a sudden the law firm will, their ears will perk up and they will say, this is, this is something where we're interested in this person. We really like to talk to them and bring them back or whatever, or they'll interview them. So that happens a lot. So everyone's more attractive when other people like them. It's just, it's like that with dating, probably with a lot of things that if somebody, if you're in a, I was in a car dealership I remember a few years ago and, and someone saw I was buying a car and they came up and they're like, oh, I want this car. I, they were looking at it before me and they saw me buying it. Oh, I really want it. So anything that if someone else is, likes it or someone else is getting it, people will like you a lot more. So that's just how it works. So you need to put yourself, you, you need to look, if you can, talk about that you have other interviews and offers. And if they ask you if, if the other firm offers you a position, you that's not really appropriate for them to ask or what they offer. But if they do, just say, if they don't, just say, I, I decided I wasn't interested in them because of this or whatever. Uh, I didn't think it was a good fit because of this reason. And you don't need to say uh, that they offered you something else or, or call them and tell them about the other offer. I just, I, I don't think that's a good uh, strategy. Okay. Okay. Here's a good question from someone and I'm not going to use their name, no. but yeah. So if they ask for your interviewing, then they want to know if you get another offer. You can certainly, you shouldn't be telling them about the terms of the offer because because that's violating the confidence of the person that made you the offer. So I, I would be very careful, very careful about not about about not talking about the offer or the terms of the terms because it's, it's violating it violates the the confidentiality of the employer. So the other thing too is a lot of times, and this I shouldn't tell you, but it's true. In your own firm, there may be wherever you're working, there may be people that are that are making more or less money than you at the same class year because of something that they've negotiated and that doesn't apply to you. I remember I was working at a firm once and there was this very accomplished woman that they wanted to make partner, but it was only like a fourth or fifth year. And they wanted her to stick around. And she said something along the lines of, okay, I will, but I only want to work 1500 hours a year. And I want you to guarantee I'm going to be a partner. 
Other people in the firm found out about that. They shouldn't have. And it created a lot of, think about that. Someone is guaranteed to be a partner and they have lower hours than the people that are billing 3,000 hours that may not even make partner. That's not good news. So you need to be very careful about anything you do that's disclosing that kind of information. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.